Hello and welcome to the SE Halfback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. With me as always, my number six. He is the Talatau Amon to my Ben Hunt. We've got Nom with me. Nom, how are you, mate? Yeah, look, uh, not too bad. Look, could be better. The Knights have got sort of bundled out of the finals. Um, 40 to 10. Not 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 a best way to end our season, but um uh other, otherwise, I reflect on it over the past few days, and um, look, I, you gotta you gotta be happy for Knights to finish fifth. If you told me that at the beginning of the season, we'd all be cheering. I think if I asked you ten weeks ago that you made it to a semi final, uh, it had a chance to make a prelim, you'd you'd yeah. take it. So, yeah, definitely on up for the night Newcastle Knights next year. But Nom, we're here for another uh, SC send off. We're at Team Sixteen. We are at the St George Illawarra Dragons, and. This one, out of all of them, unless I was starting to prep for them, I normally con- come on and ask you, the first thing I ask you is, what is the impression? What's the first thing you're going to think about about the 2023 season for that club? And um, like, what's the first thoughts when you think of the St. George Illawarra Dragons super coach season from 2023? And it's the hardest one for me. There's no one that really stands out. We've obviously got some categories to go through, but just a bit of meh. Is that fair to say for the Dragons in 2023? There's a couple of moments here and there, but not much else. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, as we sort of work our way up the bottom of the ladder, I think Dragons in particular, um, there's no one that was a true sort of shining light that at least came, came to me from uh, this past season. Yeah, and like, you know, we just did the Tigers and, you know, you had a Dream Buller, you know, so someone like that who, you know, gave us a bit of promise. But I'm looking at this team right now and obviously we start off with the, uh, who was the, the good to great players? Uh, I found four. Um, and that was, you know, really squint, squinting my eyes and, you know, trying to change the stats in my head. I think we start with uh, Blake Laurie. I thought the big man had a great season. He pumped out some really nice scores. Uh, and he was one of those ones in your front row forward where, you know, he just did did what he needed. It was a 55 average, exactly what you want, played 22 games and just a very, very consistent, you know. So I think Blake Laurie for me um, ha- had the ability to score a couple of tries this year, get past 75 a couple of times. So he's probably my first one. Do you agree there? Yeah, look, um, 55 in your front row uh, for the past few years, really, it's actually been quite hard, especially from last season onwards, I feel. The front row forward has been quite bare. And if, you know, you get a front row forward giving you 50 to 55, you'd take that any day of the week. Yeah, and that leads into JDB, your boy from the draft. I think he had another really good season. You know, he's really starting to, you know, obviously had those couple of years off, took a toll, but, you know, a 57 average this year. Uh, played 16 games. There's obviously a couple of suspensions in there. But he was someone who had a really nice floor about him. Always, you know, if he had minutes, he was going to hit that 50 mark. And that uh, dual flexibility, which he should keep in the next year, will be very, very handy and make him a juicy option in the draft. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, especially when whenever he, he, he does have a bit big motor and whenever he could... Uh, you know, locked down 80 minutes in the middle. Uh, you'd be looking at you know 60 odd there. So um, uh, yeah, if you sort of picked him up late on draft like I did, and you had him with that dual flexibility, uh, he, he did a solid job with um, you know, really strong base there. That were the only two guys that I had in the great category. I think you know, and again, great's probably pushing it, but those are two guys I think were the mainstay in dragon teams throughout the season in Supercoach. We'll go to the good. Uh, I had a couple of guys in this category. I had Benny Hunt, obviously gave it a real good push again this year, 59 average. Um, again, really the, the focal point of the attack 
There was a couple of low scores in there, but he also did uh, have a couple of high ones in there as well. So as long as Ben Hunt is playing and he's the vocal point of a team, he's always going to score decently as the seventh or eighth best halfback in the comp. Yeah, yeah. You said it right there that, you know, he is the you know main focal point of the attack. Um, and... Yeah, if any points are going to come from this dragon side, uh, it's definitely going to be uh, have Benny Hunt's uh, DNA all over it. And the only other guy I had in this category was Michaeli Rabalava. So again, uh, this year with a 59 average. The thing with Michaeli, he has a low score in him. He has a couple of 30s in him, but he can also go nuclear. Two scores in the 140s this year. He's the exact type of player that you want as your fourth CTW in a draft, I think. If you base really well and get a couple of superstars in your CTW, Ravalawa is the perfect number four, you know. It's not going to break your week if he scores a 19 like his lowest score was this year. But if you do get that week where he gets 145, uh, it can absolutely change your season. So I think McKaylee, just for that reason, he is the anticipus of a rock and diamond player. Him and Sebo probably are the uh, biggest high floor to ceiling players in the comp. Uh, but again, your average draft position for him this year was 330th overall. If he cracks 140 twice in a season, that's a pretty good player. That's a, that's some pretty monster scores, actually. I just noticed that. So he scored a hat-trick in round 19 against the Raiders, and then he scored four tries against uh, your boys at uh, Combank Stadium. Don't I remember it. But yeah, I think um, the only other guy I was going to put in his category was Zach Lomax. He had a 61 average. Played 20 games. So you'd look at that and go, that's really good. Um, But to me, just something about Zach Lomax the last couple of years, I'm, I'm not, I can't put my finger in. He obviously turned up twice this year, 138, 115 in back to back weeks. But, you know, he's always going to be around that 60 mark and you're going to have to draft him. You know, he was 70th, 71 overall this year. So you're going to have to draft him early. Maybe it's your first or second CTW. Just, I don't know. There's, there's rumors about him going to fullback next year, which excites me. If he gets the duel and he actually gets a run at fullback with Shane Flanagan there. But yeah, just, I don't know. Every time I wanted to pull the trigger in classic on Zach Lomax, every time I wanted to trade for him, I'd kind of wait a week and go, you know what? I don't need him in my team. And that's why I just couldn't put him in that category there. Yeah, Zach Lomax is a tricky one. Um, you're right in that you would have to draft him quite highly just because he he's the goalkeeper in that team as well. But um. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what a move to uh, fullback and um, under a different coach would be like. You know, could it be a Jermaine Asako who will watch mm. the space? <laughs> All right, let's get on to some negatives. You obviously started the Tigers one. You were nice this time and went for a positive. Let's talk about some of the fails and some of the guys who regressed this year. I've got a few on my board here, but is there anyone that sticks out to you like a sore thumb to go, yeah, that season? What We need to talk about what happened in that season and really monitor that for the coming seasons moving forward. Ooh. This I'm is not, a hard one to answer not, because yeah. I don't think I had my eyes on anyone, to be honest, from the Dragons. I'll, I'll throw one at you because it was just like pretty alarming when I saw it. So Matt Fiege, who had a couple of runs in a couple of teams last year, um, scored okay. He played 23 games this year for an average of 31. So if your CTW is playing that many games, and you know, he's he's you know, the Dragons like to throw around the ball here and there. I just found that was an alarming low score. Yeah, that's why I get confused between Matt and Max. But so Matt was the one who was getting more regular runs on that right edge. Uh, sorry, left edge. Correct. Yeah. So last year, Matt played 20 games for a 44 average. So yeah. about what you would think 
And the season before in 2021 played eight games for 52. So he's obviously regressed a lot this year. And um, he was drafted at the same point in the draft as Bravalava. So a lot of guys in the draft this year had the choice between St. George wingers. And like I said, if you went for Fieke, you're basically half what Bravalava nearly scored. So it was, it was an interesting one. But I'll go to one of your guys, actually. One of your guys that uh, mm-hmm. burst on the scene last year and missed the start of the season. We thought, you know, there's a bit of a bounce back here. He's big Teletau Amone. So we obviously waited for him to come back. He ended up playing 19 games. He finished the season with a 39 average. But that's not where the story ends because his one score, his highest score of 111. Now, if you take that out, that that uh, average dramatically reduces. So that was against Canberra in round 19. I had a big game, had a couple of try assists, uh, contribution, and was just line break assisting the hell out of it. So that was his one big game. But other than that, he just didn't fire a shot. And, Believe me, the Dragons wanted him to fire shots. He was in there a couple of games off the bench, to be fair, when uh, I think Sullivan was in there starting. But, yeah, just someone who, for all the hype heading into the season, uh, just never cracked it. Yeah, yeah. I guess one other one I was thinking of, um, which is, you know, the fullback position in mm. this Dragons team. Usually fullbacks, especially dual-position fullbacks. I think I drafted him. Uh, this is obviously your boy, Tyrell Slide. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, with, with the fullback, I don't think he even makes it to your what, top 16. Or does he? Uh, no, no. If you're looking 20. at if you're looking at the board right now, he's yeah, I think it was about 24 or something on there. Once you factor in the jewels, is this a crazy yeah. start? I was, look, I'm looking at it now. He obviously played um 23 games this year, and there was a couple of games where he had doubles and stuff. His highest score was a 90. Now, for a fullback, an attacking fullback like Toro Sloan, who's kind of all or nothing, rocks and diamonds, the fact he played that many games and only got a 90 as his highest score just kind of tells you that maybe his instincts around the ball or his work rate just wasn't there this year. Mm. Well, I guess the thing is he he doesn't really have a big base to go off by. So, mm. you know, to crack, to crack a time, you'd be looking at a double uh, and maybe a another one or two triases here. Yeah. Look, one one last guy I will put in here, not because of his stats, but it's because of the injuries are starting to build up now, is Jack Bird. So Jack Bird, he obviously had the jewel this year. He was uh, drafted 120 overall. So that's a decent draft pick. You know, that's somewhere in the mid-rounds. Ended up scoring a 49. Started the season really well. If you look at it from round, round two, basically to round eight, you know, there's there's three seventies, there's a sixty, there's an eighty, and then um some injuries started coming, you know, a fair couple of fifties, sixty, and then he finished the season with a 48, 34, 18, and fifty-seven, one of those injury affected. So I think with Jack Bird, the, the knee troubles have always been there. Uh, but there were just too many times this year where he'll pull out of the squad late. You think, all right, so he's there for next week. Oh, he's ruled out again next week. Didn't finish the season. So to me, Jack Bird's one of those guys heading into next year. I'm sure he's going to be training great. He's going to be fully fit, but I don't know. Maybe his days as a mid-round super coach, he's more probably going to be, again, like Ravalama, that fourth CTW, you know, bench 2RF. He may even lose that this year. So I think Jack Bird's going to be a very interesting one heading into next year. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he even hung on to that uh, center wing duel just because I think he's mainly played either at lock or the edge this year. All right, well, look, that, that gets us through this season again. With these bottom teams, there's not much to talk about. You know, there's a couple of guys that maybe had a standout round or, you know, got you that 50 in a spot that you needed. But 
let's have a quick uh, pan ahead to 2024. Now, obviously, you've got Shane Flanagan coming to the club. Um, I like I like that signing. You know, Shane has been someone who you know at the Sharks got a lot out of that roster. Uh, ben Hunt looks like he's going to stay there next year. Um, from more reports. So, what do we think about the Dragons? Do you do you, when you look at that roster as it's constructed and what the players we just spoke about? Is there a lot of hope that you're going to be drafting a few Dragons next year, or do you think it's going to be another wait and see year? Uh, short answer, probably not. Um, you know, if I look to any Dragons player, I think we talked about Zach Lomax, but I think we already established that you might have to sort of go a bit oh. higher on him than I'd like to. So, um, yeah, other than that, maybe some of their front rowers, really. But I usually don't touch front rowers until, you know, my 100th plus pick. Uh, or two hundred pick. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's I don't see my myself reaching. If yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, there's not many dragons that will touch early in the draft. Uh, like you said, I think JDB, Lomax, Hunt, these guys will go early. I think Ravalab will go early this year. You know, people will see those couple of one forties and want to jump on that. You know, maybe a Jaden Sewer. You know, if he comes back fit and healthy, he might be someone you can steal in the mid rounds. Uh, but yeah, again, I think it's me. One of those ones, the Dragons will be just like the Dolphins this year. They'll be lowly drafted. You have to wait. Hopefully those first couple of rounds, you'll see a bit of improvement and you jump on to the freeze and the waiver. So not much else to go there, mate. We'll leave it there for the Dragons. And we're back with the Dogs next week. So again, an interesting team to talk about. So thank you for coming on, mate. No worries. Always a pleasure. And thanks everyone for listening. Again, please reach out on the socials at the SC Halfback. Uh, Twitter, X, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all those places, posting stuff every day, basically. We're looking at some of the big board cards, got those going up now. We'll have the full mock drops coming up soon as well. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.